Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. Critical Paths MBE and MEE slash MPT flashcards give you the upper hand in learning and memorizing everything you need to pass the bar exam. They provide concise, clear statements of definitions and elements, along with overviews of how to understand bigger themes to enhance your understanding and memorization of bar exam concepts. Critical Paths flashcards are indexed, numbered, and cross-reference as well as color-coded so you can stay organized and track your progress. The new purchases include six months of full access to the Critical Pass mobile app, which includes flashcard content. You can add your own notes and highlights and even listen to spoken texts on the app. For a limited time, Ladies Who Law School listeners can save 15% on the Critical Pass flashcards by using code LWLSPASS on westacademic.com at checkout. Let's be real. The road to law school is a tough one, and it gets even tougher once you start. So if you find yourself thinking, I feel like I'm going through this whole law school thing alone. I don't have any lawyers in my family, and I feel like there's just so much I don't know. Or it would be great to be around other people who are also figuring this out. Then we have the thing just for you. Longtime friend of the podcast and lawyer-turned-law school coach, Angela Vorpal has created a free Facebook group exclusively for law students and pre-law students looking for clarity and support in their law school journey. This group is perfect for you if you're looking to know what law school is really like from people going through it right now in real time, or you'd like to get a sanity check and a daily dose of good vibes as you're studying for the LSAT. Or maybe you're just a cool, nice human who wants to build strong community around you as you grow in your law school experience. If you thought hell yes to any of these above, then the Law School Network Facebook group is just for you. The link to join the free Facebook group is in the show notes, or you can search Facebook for Law School Network and it will pop right up. Law school is a tough road, you guys, and the more support that you have, the better. guys and welcome back to the ladies who law school podcast i'm sam and i'm Haley, and we are in a different media form today (laughs) we've decided to record ourselves because like why not um so you get to see us makeup free in the flesh this is what we usually look like when we're podcasting yeah we don't like do it up i mean eventually we might yeah maybe one day but if you're lucky (laughs) the goal and the dream would be to have big comfy chairs and a studio 
more than just the home studio. But for now, this is us, and today we are recording with you guys, and we're going to talk about a few fun legal topics. So we both have our coffees and water. Haley forgot her Stanley, so you're just going to have to deal with her graduation cup. But um, yeah, so we wanted to do things a little differently today because we're always looking to do things differently, like you know who we are. So we have three little legal topics for you today. And um, we both, you know, did a little research and listened to some stuff to give you guys a little insight into what's happening around the world right now. Yes. Some legal current events. But like also that's like relevant, like, you know, interesting. We're going to start a little bit more heavy and end on a lighter note. So Yes, yes. So let's, let's just, ju- yeah, let's just jump in. Let's do it. So first one, the Daryl Brooks trial, if you're unfamiliar with it, it is the situation and what happened was basically, how do you say that place in Wisconsin? Waukesha. Waukesha, Wisconsin. This man drove into a parade in his Ford Escape, a pretty big SUV. And now I don't really know much more other than that, other than he did defend himself. Is that what you'd say? Mm-hmm. Pro se? Mm-hmm. Okay. So tell me, Samantha, what what happened? So I knew that the trial was going on, but obviously it's like on during the day and like we're at work. So it's not like we get to just sit there and watch it. Yeah. Um, so I caught up with everything and I thought there was a few interesting little points that I wanted to bring up just because it, it's just interesting. So Daryl, he claims that that's not his name during the entire trial. He was like, that is not my name. So like, so this is just a really crazy trial yes yeah so basically this guy um if you've you know looked into it at all he definitely had some mental health problems since he was like 12 years old he was in a um he had been admitted into a mental hospital he was diagnosed bipolar Mm -hmm. so um he's an adult now yeah and he had stopped getting treatment right so that's just one point you know mental illness is obviously comes to play in this but that being said the judge in this case allowed him to proceed pro se, which mm. usually a big case like this, you know. I, and pro se means you represent yourself. Yes, you're representing yourself. In a criminal trial. Yes. And so apparently this was on, I think it was September 28th when she ruled that he could do that because he was like, yes, I want to represent myself. And, yeah. You know, she gave him all the disclosures and he was uh. like, yes, yes, like I want to do it. And the trial was supposed to start on October 3rd. So basically she was like, well, I'm not giving you extra time. Like you better be ready on October 3rd. That's when we're going to start jury selection and all that. So they, he has like a few days to prep and, um, you know, he's been warned that like, you won't be able to access files. Like you won't like. Okay. So what, what is he being charged with and what happened? Six counts of first degree murder. Because when he drove in the parade, it was a 4th of July parade, right? I believe so. No, I think it was a Christmas parade. Christmas parade. And he drove into it. Yes. And he killed six people and injured much. Like 50 people. 
Jeez. Okay. And the youngest um, person that was killed was eight years old. Oh, my God. So just horrible situation. Yeah. Like, obviously, something was going on with someone who does that. Yeah. Um. Just anyway. you ask what possesses you to do that. And so I think that that goes back into to the mental illness. illness and then, like, and, also him representing himself. Yeah. It's like, is that ethical is that like like is he giving himself a fair chance and honestly once i tell you guys how the trial went you'll see that he kind of messed it up for himself yeah dang Um, okay so yeah so he is allowed to represent himself pro se and the judge says you're not getting any, any extra time you're gonna have to do this then what happens so trial proceeds and the okay so there there's a long trial yeah and you know um I didn't watch the entire thing, but there were some highlight points that I think were important. So the first one was that he kept on arguing that he was a sovereign citizen and that there, therefore there was no subject matter jurisdiction over him. Interesting. Yes. So he every apparently every time, you know, court started that day, he was like, I want to make it like put on the record that like there's no subject matter jurisdiction here, essentially. So that is also like. For our law students out there, you know what subject matter jurisdiction. This is also a criminal case. Like, this is very confusing. Okay. Yeah. So, basically, subject matter jurisdiction, if you do not know, is basically giving the power to the court to listen to a case. And in this situation, since he was claiming to be a sovereign citizen and not a U.S. citizen, he was saying there's no subject matter jurisdiction. Okay. So, So sovereign citizen of where? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Just a sovereign citizen. citizen like, he's he's like, like, I'm not. He like saw that and he's like, that looks like a good defense. Yeah. And then okay. he's also being like, you know, my name is not Daryl Brooks. Like there would be like Mr. Brooks, like la la la. And then he'd be like, that's not my name. Like, I just want to put on the record that I do not go by that name. Okay. And I know that he was arguing with the judge a yes. lot. Okay. So this is also why I want to bring up what this is really the whole reason I wanted to ha- talk about this. Okay. Because I, on Twitter, big Twitter girl, I was looking through legal Twitter uh-huh. and everyone was talking about how the judge was so well composed mm-hmm. and I hadn't really watched the trial. So I was so like, you're what like, does what? that even mean? Yeah. What do you mean? Well composed. Yeah. For being, you know, accused of treason and, um, having her credentials questioned by Mr. Brooks and all the, he was just rude and you yeah. know, disrespectful. She kept her composure at the same time. She never held him in contempt. She told him like, I can totally do that. Just so you know, yeah. but I'm not, because but I'm not. Cause like I've, you killed six people and we're going to convict you. Yeah, I'm guessing like, that's what you know, she didn't say, mind. but yeah, no, for sure. So she kept her composure and I just thought that that was. And so were people on Twitter like really like, woo, good yeah, for her. Yeah. yeah because, because it's hard when someone's questioning you like that and I mean, saying those I've things I've seen you. in court. Judges get very frustrated with attorneys yeah. um, who are rude. Yeah. So I can only imagine when it's like a pro se defendant and they're just, they don't, obviously they don't know what court procedure looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he kind of knew like to say like for the record, you know, like, yeah. stuff like that. Um, but also I think he might've known that because he had a history. Yes. Which is also another interesting point about this whole thing. Yeah. So shortly before all the you know murders happened because i'm gonna say they were murders because at this point he has been convicted convicted, so just spoiler alert yeah um he had been involved in a domestic violence dispute with his um ex-girlfriend and he had been arrested and um 
they put bond of a thousand dollars and he was out on bond. Yes. Right? Cause when his he did mom this. Be, um, got him out on bond. And it was a thousand dollars for like, he had a history. Yeah. Well, so, and it makes you question because there's so much out there right now, bail reform and cash bail and different things like that, that it just makes you question. I mean, I don't know a lot about that and that's a whole nother topic, but it makes you, you're like, whoa, 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 this doesn't seem right. So yeah. It was just kind of sus. I was just like, wait a second. A thousand dollars seems really low. When he's in a multiple, offen- like yeah. multi-time offender. And then like yeah. the next day he literally just like rams into people and kills them. Yeah. So all in all, he has been convicted. Um, he's set for sentencing in a few months. Yeah. Which if you didn't know, cause I didn't always know that you get, you have to go through the trial process and get a conviction, and then there's a sentencing process, which we'll talk about more later. But yeah, yes. So that's you know, in five minutes, basically what happened in that trial. Um, I would recommend uh, we'll link a podcast that we listened to, and it was very interesting. It had like his whole like Life. what led up to this. It's a true crime podcast, mm-hmm. and there's three parts that cover it, so you can go in and listen to so much more. I know we enjoyed it, but it was also just kind of eye opening from all the different things, like you said, from Twitter to different news outlets that I heard talking about it and watching clips, and you're just like, what is going on? So. That's our first legal current event that we're going to talk about. The second one is we saw an above the law article about how law school applications are down. Dun, dun, dun. Makes you wonder why. And they're basically, you know, promoting people to apply for law school. So, That's something big and huge that we always talk about here, but at the same time, there's so much that goes into your decision, and I think there's so much that maybe we didn't necessarily think about when we were deciding to go to law school that we just want to chat about that in case you see this article or someone tells you, hey, yeah, law school applications are down, like maybe you should apply. What does that mean? We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you're currently hooked on Never Lie by Frieda McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go. Whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. 
So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. So what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, and law school applications down simply means that people aren't applying to law school, whether yeah. it be the economy, um, tuition rates getting higher, uh, the LSAT and GRE debate, like whether you want to take either or, um, and just the competitive nature of law school, right? Yeah. That being said, even though applications are down, yeah. uh, the women in law school have never been higher, like the amount of women. Yeah. So that's really cool. But also since COVID-19, they've been going down. Yeah. I mean, naturally, I think people realize like a lot of life changes. <laughs> All the guys, like yeah. some people might not want to do the three years and do the whole thing and maybe not get paid as much as you would, you know, doing something else. Yeah. And I think COVID really was just a different time. Mm-hmm. Applications went up mm-hmm. because I think people were questioning their careers. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that period of time, the people who were in that bucket pushed on yeah. or chose not to follow through. Yeah. And now it's kind of like, it's just the same steady flow of undergraduate people who go and, or people, you know, the, you know, for a long time, it's been older people who yeah. decide to go, but that smaller amount of yeah. people. And with that being said, now that you know that law school applications are down yeah. and a lot of you we know are in undergrad or even in high school and you're thinking about going to law school, um, does this mean you should apply? There's a lot of different factors and we'll have a whole other episode on like if you should apply to law school. If you're thinking about yeah, it, what and, do I do? Yeah. The whole, How do I make the decision? The whole bit. Yeah. But as of right now, I think the one thing we want to highlight yeah. is how to choose a law school. Cause if yeah. you are applying, obviously, cause applications are down and you're applying now, there's less competition and it's easier for you to get into a law school when there's less people applying. Yeah. But that being said, you need to be really smart about where you go to law school. Yeah. Um, coming from two recent JD grads, re- recent JD grads. Um, you know, I think our opinions have definitely changed throughout our law school and post-law school journey on what it means to like go to a good law school. And that does has nothing to do with rank um, at all. Like a good law school has nothing to do with rank because there are some law schools in the top 15 that like are doing just as shitty things. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, for sure. I think it really boils down to, you know, guys, I look back and I think, should I have done things differently should for me personally should I have taken more time off and studied for the LSAT harder and maybe waited another application cycle um but honestly I was thinking about this there was an opportunity for me to go to my alma mater law school right and I chose not to do that and I think about what if I would have done that I've thought about that a lot recently and I said well, I never would have met you and I never would have made the podcast. That would have never happened. Even if I would have waited and applied in the next cycle, mm-hmm. same thing, right? So I feel like you have to go with your gut and sometimes you just know it's the right call. And I think that there are more people out there than we like to all admit that don't make 173s on the LSAT. 
And what does that look like? You know, is there an opportunity for me to study to get a better score? Or is that like the best I can do? Because, you know, sometimes that just is. And so it does make sense to wait a cycle and apply at the very beginning. Because I do believe that applying earlier helps whenever you have a lower LSAT score. Also, let's just be honest. Like the LSAT, when it comes to choosing a law school, is a huge barrier. And that test sucks, just like the bar exam sucks. And it's racist and doesn't help anyone who has any learning disabilities. And it's a standardized test at the end of the day. So with all that being said, (laughs) I think that that is a big player. And another reason why people are like, oh, well, go to the highest ranked school you can get into and all this stuff, because that can be like super toxic mentality. And yes, the LSAT, it can be a barrier into yes. like what law schools you can go to. But once you do realize like, okay, these are like, this is the range of ranks that I can get into. Yeah, these are know? the schools I can. Yeah. These are the schools. These that are I my can, options. Yeah, yeah. Like feasibly get into. Yeah. At that point, my biggest piece of advice in this, I don't, I mean, yeah, we probably would have advised this back in the day, but like now as post-grad and having people message me, mm-hmm. um, Definitely message alumni that went to your school and okay. recent grads. If you can find what them on you Instagram and you say, hey, I'm thinking of going to XYZ. Okay. Um, what was your experience? Please be honest with me. Hearts. Um, yeah, like hearts, <laughs> like heart little. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Just be candid and, and open and like, open and so be they'll like be I back. want the yeah. tea. Like, yeah. I want the real. Like what's the good and what's the bad and yeah. what's the ugly? Because yeah. like you'll you're gonna be spending three years of your life there, and um, it's so much more than just like going to class. It's also more than just three years of your life. Like you're yeah, gonna be more. connected with that exactly. school forever. So like be cognizant of that. Mm-hmm. I think also look up their bar pass rate and be honest with yourself. Um, I'm just gonna say that right up front, right? You know, and just think about that, like. People tell you, oh, don't worry about it. That's in three years. But it's a huge part of becoming an attorney and part of the whole package that your law school offers you and gives you. Yes. No. And I genuinely think it's like now that we've dealt with the bar exam and um, working with our school and all that, I definitely think that if I were to do it over again, I would be asking alumni, like, hey, what was the support that you got during the bar exam? Were you able to choose your bar review course? Mm-hmm. You know, like, did they make you take a class? Uh, well, how did you feel year? about your first year professors? Yeah. Um, did, did you, you feel, feel like, like they, they le- helped you-, you whenever you were studying for the bar exam? Because I can definitely tell you that I've talked to many other alumni now that I've graduated. <laughs> and and everybody knows. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh yeah, I had to learn that for the first time during the bar. And I'm like, oh great. I wish I would have known that before, you know, yeah, but it's like, hindsight's I, can't, 2020. I can't change anything now. Exactly. But that's why we're recommending like do that beforehand. Exactly. Make these decisions. Cause like it is literally going to affect the your whole your life. I mean, it's not trying to be dramatic, even though, you know, we are pretty dramatic, but seriously, it is so important to recognize those things and not just be like, oh, it's fine. It doesn't apply to me. Like, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. No, like a little more time or maybe a decision that feels a little more uncomfortable might actually be the better option. Because there are lower ranked schools that yeah. we've seen all over the country. Um, and we'll just use the bar exam as like the what we're going to talk about yeah. as a comparison. But that have uh, lower ranked schools that have amazing bar passage rates. 
So, so you can't tell me yes, it's because, it's, and a, a big thing that comes into rank, I just want to say is also where you go to work after. So if you're not going to an AM 100 firm, then like, of course your school isn't going to be ranked that high, but also your school might be really badass in your region because they just make really good lawyers. That's what you want. So there's, we'll have a whole episode about, we'll do more dive. research. Yeah. And yeah, give you some more tips. Yeah. To, and cause right now, like we're still fresh off the, like failing the bar. Yeah, and we're having to go through that process, and we're still not technically there yet. So, Yeah, but I know for a fact that the one thing that I wish I would have done is reach out to alumni. Yeah. And LinkedIn is a great way to find alumni. Um, Yeah. And, like, if you find someone like me and Haley that are open to just DMing back on Instagram, like, do it. Yeah, Yeah. If, if they look cool... DM them. Especially if they're only a few years older than you. That might even be the best option because they are so much closer to who you're going to be around, you're the teachers you're going to be around, the bar studies professor you're going to be around. So mm. that's really good advice. And last but not least. And not least. Um, why don't we have you give us the breakdown on this one? Okay, okay. So we are housewife fans. I think that that really came to fruition probably in our last year of law school when we just started watching Bravo more and more. So we first started watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And we watched the first season, the second season, now it's on the third season. And recently, Jen Shaw, who was on that cast and has been on that cast, pled guilty in the summer in July. With that being said, BravoCon recently happened and there was a lot that went down because, you know... I feel like with Bravo, things are delayed a certain amount of time. So you find out things that happen, but also in real life, you know, the paparazzi, TMZ, they're in there trying to get the tea, you know? So basically, Jen Shaw and Bravo are no longer, like, on good terms. Once she pled guilty, they, they basically broke up. And there's so many questions around that, right? What about Teresa Judice? What about Erica Jane? Like, there's so many people who have gotten into trouble with the law. With the law. But she pled guilty. And I'm guessing the other housewives didn't. You know, I'm not 100% sure because I don't know about Teresa. But I but know. Didn't she go to jail? Yes. Okay. And they still let her stay. Okay. So, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I mean, it's their network. They run it how they want to run it, but it's definitely favorites. I mean, that, at the end of the day, that's what it looks like. So Jen was not invited to BravoCon. She wasn't at any of the Salt Lake City panels. Um, the women said that they hadn't talked to her since she pled guilty. Dun, dun, dun. So this whole season that we're watching right now is she's, you know, protesting her innocence and saying how, you know, she isn't guilty and she wants people to see it. And the trial had just got pushed back in this most recent episode. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. Like. This is one of those six month things that is so. Right there. So now that she pled guilty, yeah, is she going to be sentenced? Yes. So, okay, so is that why Bravo is kind of like? Well, I mean, I think when she pled guilty, that was when they kind of had their like breakup, mm-hmm. and I think she's bitter, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think she tried to come to BravoCon, and then they were like, "No, she was going to try to like sneak on the stage or something," and then she's going to be sentenced, and she could be in jail. 
in prison for 30 years. So for anyone who doesn't know, can you share what her charges were? Yes. So it was money laundering. And I, I don't know exactly what she pled guilty to, but basically what she does is she got these old people and she marketed leads and somehow you know, gets people's information. So it's like whenever you check a box and you sign up for someone's email, then those leads go somewhere and they can sell them. And that's how you get these random weird emails and the text messages mm-hmm. where you're like, who the heck is this? Okay. Well, there are target people that certain companies like to use. And she was a part of that. And was she taking like their credit card information? Yes. And putting them on these like subscriptions, subscriptions that just charge you month after month after month that you can't ever get off of and- that. Since they're older people, they're less probably likely to be checking, like... Yeah, or even knowing how to check. Yeah, knowing how to check I mean, like, think of your grandma, or, you know what I mean, or your grandpa, or even some people's parents that are older. Like, oh, would you like to sign up for La La La? And they might, and then, like, it's in perpetuity. Yes, and it's like, oh, you want to sign up to save the the elephants, you know, I don't know, but think of like something like that. And they're like, yeah. And I'm sure that these people, you know, target these certain audiences based on all kinds of data and information. So they know what to say to them, but that's the problem. Like that's taking advantage. And there's a lot of restitution that she has to pay back. Uh, yeah. I'm assuming to all of her victims. Yes. It's like millions of like close to 10. And, and, and so in the season you see her like in a downsized house and they kind of like talk about that. And it's just, I kind of feel like, I'm just going to be honest that Bravo might've just kind of used and abused and walked away because they, they don't, I mean, it's good TV. It is, you know, but at the same time, this is her life. And, but at the same time, it was all those people's money too. So it's just crazy to see such a legal situation go down on a show that's happening in real time but also happening six months ago and seeing these women's relationship play out and you know what if that was your friend like what would you do you know that's I was thinking of different parts of the show and as it progresses I'm thinking what are they gonna do yeah well we'll stay tuned yes um if I guess you know sentencing's in mid-December Oh, geez. Okay, yeah. we'll keep you guys updated, obviously, because yeah. even if you don't like Real Housewives, we're still going to tell you about it. Yeah, you can just, you know, skip over this yeah. part. <laughs> With that being said, we really hope that you liked this format. You know, yeah. we'll do it ever so often if you guys liked it. Yeah. Um, you know, we are trying to just be intentional with our content yeah. and sometimes an interview can get a little boring, you know, like interview after interview. And like, we love interviews. Like we're not saying that we don't, but sometimes it's nice to shake things up a little bit. Yeah. And these are some of the topics that we're talking about and mean law nerds about. So we wanted to share with you guys. And also if you guys have any, you know, legal news or topics or like stories that are happening locally that might not be national or anything cool, DM it to us, Avi, and we'll try to cover it if it's, like, worth it. Yeah, the Daryl Brooks trial was brought to our attention by multiple listeners. Yes, so. multiple listeners. And yeah. then I didn't realize that one of our friends, Abby, had, like, watched the entire trial from start to finish. Ugh. So I was almost about to ask her on the way back from Spin, like, do you want to, like, come on the podcast and <laughs> talk about it? But then she's like, I'll give you a rundown. And yeah. Like, okay, okay, okay. So um, we'll link everything that we listen to in the show notes because there was a bravo one 
That was really good. Yes, Bravo um, Docket. The Daryl Brooks one. And then we'll link the Above the Law um, article. article for you guys. Yep. And on that note, we'll talk to you guys again next week. Follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. You can DM us anytime. We'll be here. We're also working gals, and we're going to start signing for the bar in a few short weeks. So hang in there with us. Be patient with us. But we love you guys. Yes, and your support means the world to us. Um, So if you want to give us a good review, please Please do. do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.